Mr. Shabali is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. Hey, oh, Mishka Shabali here. Um, the good funny story from last week, the, I preparing to go to New York and was, uh, was feeling sort of a little unsettled one night and I'd like sort of done all my work and I was like, I should really, I should smoke some DMT, um, because we all should. And the, it's it's such a curious drug. You always have to sort of, um, the, I love it when people interrogate my sobriety, like, well, you're not really sober because you smoke DMT. The, there's not a lot of, I never had to sort of like talk myself into taking a drink or muster up my courage to take a drink. It was always something I did out of weakness. And DMT is a powerful enough drug that you're always like, okay, you, you got this, you got this, you can do it. The, so I have this like tiny janky little pipe that I, I think I found on the streets of Brooklyn, like six years ago or something the and uh i don't smoke anything through it with any regularity so i I'd never cleaned it so i put um i put some of the dmt uh that was in sort of like leaf form in the pipe and then uh went to take a hit and like drew really hard but didn't didn't get much the and it was good stuff so i got enough that i got like a little um a little shimmer, a little tickle. I got the sort of weird body buzz that you get from DMT, but I, I didn't sort of get projected. You know, there was no astral projection. The um, And as I was coming out of it, sort of uh, waiting to like come down, I was like, that's enough. That was that was good enough. You just got a little bit of, you know, a little taste and that's, that's sufficient. It, not every one of these needs to be like a fucking... Uh, screaming monster truck rally like you can just do you can just smoke a little dmt the well maybe i should do one more the so i went to i went to do it again and the the pipe was uh oh when i had tried to smoke the first time the pipe had like stopped drawing like it had become completely clogged so i was like oh i should finally clean this thing so i took it apart and it was just disgusting inside like the just uh uh, Texas, uh, Texas crude, just like tar in there. So I cleaned it out with a paper clip and then, um, I, I'd been laying in my bed and I went and sat on my couch, you know, with the dog next to me and like a guitar neck on the couch. Cause that's how I roll. And I was like, I'm just going to do, you know, another little hit, you know, maybe a little bit more the, and I went to draw on the pipe and, didn't realize that when I'd been hitting it before, like the size of the opening was like a tiny little pinprick that eventually sealed shut. And now it was wide open. So I got fucking way too much. The, just all the uh, angels and demons uh, flying directly into my eyeballs and the, uh, and it was a lot. God, it was so much. It was super intense. And I was sort of just the, you know, stuck there and, I could tell that my dog was sort of like freaking out a little bit. And I don't know if it's because I was breathing heavy or uh, not breathing, you know, much at all. So I sort of opened my eyes to check on her, to comfort her, still tripping super hard and just like looked at her and she was like made out of Lego. And then she was a cartoon dog and then, you know, three heads and six eyes and then one eye and like just all the, oh, oh Lord. Um, and it took me a, uh, took me a minute to sort of, uh, 
recover from that the still a great drug still a fantastic drug the everybody should do it um maybe not my mom the though i would love to get her to do it with me but um yeah the the, dmt is like you know shit at costco there's two sizes like not enough and all of it and uh yeah i got a good uh got kicked my ass the other night um our episode today is my friend uh, Josh Lajani. Uh, a lot of you know him as a um, plant-based uh, ultra runner. Josh was Josh topped the scales at 400 pounds or maybe more. We don't have an accurate read because uh, the 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 highest the scale went was uh, 400 pounds, and he lost uh, an entire person. He lost half his body weight the or or, you know in excess of 200 pounds and went on to become a uh it you know pretty hardcore uh ultra marathoner and um you know since then he's struggled with back issues and then just sort of aging and ennui and uh so we talk about all of that about sort of transitioning from um from who you were to who you will be and all the things that sort of come in between there the um i totally adore josh and i'm just gonna have to buy a kayak and go out to louisiana so i can hang out with him the uh we did have some audio uh what's the what's the technical term some audio bullshit on this one so please bear with us the um i swear it's worth it josh has uh the loveliest voice and a, a lot of hardcore wisdom to drop so uh yeah, please enjoy this one with uh, with my good friend Josh Lajani. Josh, what's up? What's up, bro? The. Uh, I have never entered into a conversation with less of a pre-programmed agenda. I just, I just want to talk to you, see how you're doing, see how your cat is, what you've been up to. Just fucking catch up, man. The uh, yeah, how you tell me everything? How you been? What you been up to? I've been, I've been really good. Um, busy, you know. The last year has been crazy with the hurricane and I almost cut my damn ring finger off uh right before the hurricane and it took a couple of surgeries um I, I saw that what been bothering me what um all right one at a time here Josh the yeah, um a lot. so how do you I saw the the pics on uh Instagram of your finger that was that was fucking graphic what'd you do um well because my back has been bothering me <laughs> you decided years, to cut for years now. You decided to cut your finger off. No, we was actually I was out, just walking out in walking out in the swamp, walking in the woods. I was like, well, I can't run, but let me just go get in the swamp and you know just enjoy the summer and go look at and just kind of explore the swamp that I grew up on. But I never. It's been so long since I, I used to play in there as a kid, and um, so me and my brother started just we wanted to go walk the property line and mark it out. And, um, and that's what we were doing. I just slipped and fell with a sweaty hand and my, my hand slipped up the, uh, the blade off of the handle and, um, my hand, as I was gripping it and my hand grabbed and, 
and and it and so it took a couple of surgeries and i mean i can make a fist i can do that kind of these days but almost yeah long story short it's it it severed this um tendon in there so i couldn't use this the the top part of my finger it was kind of just limp and so they had to cut it open reattach the tendon wow and then um then the hurricane hit while i was recovering from that i was like a week post-op the hurricane hit and i couldn't go to physical therapy for that first surgery for 10 days um everybody was out like there was no we were in like texas we had evacuated and uh the doctor wasn't open anyway the pt place wasn't open anyway um so that kind of set me behind the eight ball uh set me behind in my recovery the scar tissue took over and by december i had to have it uh had to have another surgery done i mean you get pressed up against your deductible by then you know it's like oh you may you might need another surgery and then well you know it's december if you if you do it now we can get it in while your deductible satisfied, but if you wait till after the first, you know you gonna have to pay for a big chunk of this. It's so it's so, so weird that they're like closing the deal when it comes to yeah. um, when it comes to healthcare, when it comes to your health and your body. The and you know the so and still you, paying those you, bills, Mister. Like I'm still paying them. It's like a cascade. You know, you get separate bills from all these separate entities. And you're like, God dang. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And if you, um, you know, if you look at health insurance around the world too, it's so funny because, you know, uh, Canadians are like, uh, oh yeah, I, you know, I had to pay $60, it, you know, it's an outrage the, or, you know, Europeans and they're like, what are you paying? And we're like, I have no idea. I like, I'll find out over the next six years as it trickles in from all the different like subcontractors and mm-hmm. the you know mm-hmm. the fee for the the two aspirin that they gave me and God uh, forbid you go to an emergency room, you know. Yeah, I have a good friend who was you know suffering with some issues during uh, COVID and just really kind of struggling financially and just wondering how things were going to ever flesh out. Like a lot of small business owners during that time, and um, and so. He gets to the point where he feels like he's having a heart attack. Wow. So he goes to the emergency room thinking he's about to die. And they go, oh, no, you're not having a heart attack. You're just having a massive anxiety attack. Oh, well, at least I'm not dying, I guess. So that's cool. All right. Good. Goodbye. And then in the mail, you get a bill for $9,000. Bro, How's that going to help my anxiety? That's that's gonna give you the heart attack that you did. Right. Have and that before. but that's dude, yeah. that's like multiply that times tens of millions. That's what we that's what that's what it means to be an American and need something up from the healthcare system. It's factual. Hell yeah, we're number one. Yeah. <laughs> the dude, it's it, so, it, I, I really I, I feel like I you know, like an old man just shouting at a cloud. You know, the, but I, I read the thing yesterday that they're going to, you know, tear the school down in Uvalda and the, it's like, oh yeah, the, that's the solution. Not, not gun control. Let's just, let's just burn all the schools down so that the kids will be safer. Yeah. And then we can build schools with just one door. That way, if you got just one door per school, then you don't have to man a whole bunch of doors, you know? And that's what, Uh, yeah. (laughs) 
And certain, certain Texas senators had that idea. Thought that was hilariously stupid. Yeah, we're just I don't know. The the world we're living in, it blows my fucking mind. Every day I you know, I I like I wake up and this is partly my fault, wake up and look at my phone before I get my coffee in me. And then I'm mm-hmm. I'm just that that is the biggest jolt to your system. Just be like, what what have you motherfuckers been doing while I was asleep? Like what <laughs> every day this is a new batch. It's like the you know, the cookies fresh from the oven. Like here's here's way more you know incredibly destructive dog shit coming your way <laughs> yeah exactly uh, the, uh, that's why you know the, all those dynamics of the past few years me feeling feeling um really rough physically like since for for a couple of years which led me in like my mileage was dipping my back was hurting I was contemplating another, contemplating getting surgery. Dave was actually kind of, you know, my mentor in the, in the, yeah. you know, the day in the the low back surgery after having been morbidly obese and become an ultra runner type of a like very specific niche, and he had done <laughs> yeah. all of that, and then, you know, and then Dave, you know, Dave uh, passing away and and really just threw me for a loop with what I would ever consider back wise. It was just. I mean, surgery wise for my back. And so I was like, okay, well, I just need to adjust, you know, cause I feel like a lot of the mountain running training is what hurt me in the first place. So I just, let's just stay flat. Let's just stay easy. Let's just be Louisiana. Let's just be where I'm from. And, um, so that's what I was doing, trying to let my back heal, you know, when I cut, cut my hand in the swamp and, uh, but the whole reason I was in there is exploring, looking for places to go with my kayak, which is something that I had replaced a lot of my mileage with was this, this Hobie, you know, this new pedal drive kayak where I can pump with my legs and, and, um, and just go and explore. I was like, Louisiana would, especially down here, they don't hold a trail, right? So <laughs> the trails are the bayous. And that's what I was like. And I've been living on one my entire life. I was born on one. That's who I am. And so these little pedal kayaks have really just almost not taken, they've taken, they've taken place a lot of the running mileage that I used to chase. Like, but it was for the same reasons, being in nature, spending all day out in the woods. And I'm doing the same thing on the, on the, uh, the kayaks now. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it and liking, you know, just sort of slowing down and trying to, uh, remove my, um, arguably powerful imagination from this very, very rich, this very like uh, misery fodder, you know, cornucopia that we have today. And, um, and, and I really enjoy that. I enjoy making videos about it. That's been like my new thing is just getting out in the swamp and showing what Louisiana is. There's also the wrinkle of all of my swamps and homelands and being intruded upon by the Gulf of Mexico, largely because of, you know, petroleum industry and not, and also the way we levied off the Mississippi river back in the early 1920s. Um, that, you know, combined the fact is whoever you want to put the blame on, we're losing a big chunk of Louisiana and it's the specific chunk that I grew up in. (laughs) And and so it hurts a little, you know, and, uh, and, and it makes me want to appreciate the beauty of it and try and try and show as many people as I can what it what 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 it looks like here before it turns into marsh like the rest of you know down the bayou. And um, 
I, so that's just been my new thing. Do you see that there directly above my finger, there is a portrait of David Clark uh, on mm-hmm. my back shelf right there. And it was, you know, the year and a half before I could hang that picture because it was just yeah. too, too painful to look at, like, you know, losing him the... It's so brutal and such a brutal time. The um, let's back up here because there's you, you just blew through so much good shit, you know, so quickly. The um, so your back issue. Let's talk about your back issue. Let's sort of like um, slow that down and expand it. The you know because you went the I, I think most people listening probably know you and know your story you went from being morbidly obese the i, f- I feel like you were around 400 but we don't know because that's how high the scale went if memory serves yeah something like that right the uh <clears throat> and then you're probably what buck buck 90 now 200 no i'm more like since i since my mileage is down i'm probably more like 225 right now but okay but when i was ultra running and stuff yeah and and um i, I was like in that 190 to uh 200 range i got down to like 187 at my probably most dehydrated the um but i really then, fell in love with the ultra running you know and and then it's been your lower back that was really fucking with you. Yeah, that that was that was a thing. That was an excuse I leaned on on my whole you know becoming morbidly obese because it was the thing that uh, kept me from that kind of pushed me out of football when I was in college. It's the same old thing, and um, you know I have a I have a pretty large bulging disc, uh, severe so, so- protrusion. So right, the, ba- the, the back issues, the back issues preceded your ultra running career. Yeah, I, right, okay. and and because and so what I think accidentally happened. It's a weird, it's a complex thing. When I look back at it, it's like compared to how I felt before, my back felt great. I lost two hundred pounds. Yeah. However, I think I was probably still hurting my back. Um, by a lot of the running, especially once I got into the mountain running and a lot of the downhills and that not really just being in my, my physical repertoire my entire life, you know? And, and I have to say that I realized something was different about me in my very first ultra. I ran with a couple of friends of mine and we had to jump over these, these, what we would call in Louisiana, like a Trenos, like a little, uh, where, the drainage had cut across the beach. My first ultra was on a beach in, in, um, Destin, Florida. And we had to jump across that or wade across it. Uh, and if you wade, you're going to have wet sandy feet very early on in the race. And so everybody jumped fairly easily. And I realized like when I jump, like I don't have that in me, like I don't have, I can't really let go of my back enough to just jump and fall and curt and, and, it's and I've found out later that a lot of my my not only do I have that protrusion, the reason that a sur- surgery isn't really recommended from the from the rec- from the surgeons that I've dealt with uh, is uh, I also have so much arthritis that has built in around those areas that, to protect it, right. and so it's kind of like almost fused yeah. um, with that that bone growth and. Everyone to the man has told me 
that I'm just going to make it worse, pounding it, pounding it, and pounding it like like I've been doing it. And I'm like, no, nah, but no, nah, see, but I'm plant-based. <laughs> and that was kind of ignorant. That's, that's true. It's valid. It's a good call yeah. nutritionally, but it doesn't necessarily undo decades of, you know, trauma. It does. It doesn't make you immortal. That's one of the things. No, it doesn't. Right. um, No, it doesn't. You know, I I want to throw out all these like, well, you know, have you tried the laser thing to break up the, you know, and I'm I'm sure you've exhausted every possible every possible. Those laser things, right? Those laser things are more for the cervical spine, not the lumbar spine. It's a it's a finer bone. I've looked Uh into all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I have some concretion, you know, really more like a concretion down there of, of, you know, osteo, osteophytes or osteocytes, whatever they call it. These, these, um, these, like all these hunks of bone around my, uh, around, around each disc, you know? And, and I, I mean, running didn't do it. What, are, what about witchcraft? Yeah, I'm trying that. I'm I, I, I mean, they have that down. Group. I know they have that where you are. The, I'm sure you can make a couple phone calls, find somebody to like roll the bones yeah. or whatever. The you know, right. the, I, uh, fucking try everything. Josh. The protocol, we surviving <laughs> yeah. so far, so good. You know, um, but it does have. I do have to say that, as much as I hate to admit it, um, laying off of the running. Um, while I don't feel as good about myself, I don't feel as in shape and fit. My back, uh, feels really good and I can bend over and pick things up off of the ground. Um, uh, yeah. you know, I, I mean, there's, there is, if I'm being honest, there's major healing happening in my back. Um, and I am doing some strength stuff. I have some friends now that are helping me, you know, they send, they're big into CrossFit. I'm not big into CrossFit, but I do like the movements. I love the, how, like, it's just such a shotgun pattern of different, um, areas of the body. Uh, and I, and every workout, right. So I really like that. And so I do that probably once or twice a week, I'll modify it to keep from hurting myself. Um, but the fact is like, I, I don't want to hurt my back so bad that I'm having to prepare myself mentally for just not being a recovering ultra runner anymore, but like I'm done. Yeah. And I'm, the- t- and what's tricky is in the ultra running community, you're not supposed to do that. Right. So, you know, about if you're a good friend, you don't ever let your friend quit. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not, not only is there no, re- not only is there no retiring, there's no recovering either. You're, you just, mm-hmm. you're, you just grind that you just keep going. The, and, um, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why I quit, you know, is cause I was just like, um, you know, people are like, Oh, you can't quit. And I'm like, don't fucking tell me what to do. I, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't get into this. I didn't get into a, you know, um, I, I don't even want to call it a sport cause it was more for me. It was more sort of like the, you know, it's like, um, uh, yoga is not really a sport the um med you know meditating and prayer isn't really a sport you know running for me was it's like a therapy to me it's like it's a different modality of a of a type of therapy to me to be able to go 
especially for somebody like me where I haven't, I had never really experienced my body that way. Right. Never. I've played football. I've worked out. But as far as getting into where you have enough endorphins in your body to numb the pain of mile 50, mile 60, that was like a foreign, that was like a frontier for me that I had never experienced in my life. And, and to be honest, it's addictive. I obviously have a fucking addictive personality. And so it just kind of went off the deep end. And, and I think it taught me tons of lessons. But I also, if I'm being real and pragmatic and objective, I do think that it, it exacerbated a problem that was already there. Um, well, you know, one of the things that like we talk about in music is sort of reinventing yourself. And, you know, that's one of the things that Lanigan did, you know, so, so many times so successfully was, you know, he was in the fucking long hair, you know, grunge band. And then, you know, he did this sort of desert rock thing. And then he did this electronic stuff and he did, you know, sort of like soul crooning and he did sort of acoustic songwriter stuff. And, you know, Dylan, David Bowie, Madonna, the, you know, so many artists, you know, w- with each album or each couple of albums, they reinvent themselves. And the, I, you know, so much of what you've been going through speaks to me at a very, uh, a very base level of just sort of like identity and also a very high level of like the um, you and I both reinvented ourselves as people and human beings and redefined our relationships with the universe through running. And then when that gets taken away from you, you're like, who the fuck am I? Or Mm. I am not who I am. Or when, when what has become your life gets taken away from you, it feels like death. Yeah, I always knew you wasn't worthy. See, you fat motherfucker, you weren't worthy. Yeah. That was temporary. Yeah. And it's so easy to go there, you know, and that's you, you that's the old that's the old dog pass, but you know that's that old those old neurological sort of dog pass that you just trample down over the decades and but running and ultra running especially has taught me to look discomfort in the face and to think about it. You, if you ignore it, it's going to blow up on you. And like, so trying to get ahead, ironically, I think peeling back from ultra running is another, is, is, has, has proven physically to help me uh, in the past couple of years. Um, it's freed up my time to be able to do some other things. I know that's a very community-oriented sport, but it's also been nice to be more solo lately and contemplate and go inward and think about how I want to live differently, what I want to do differently. Even in the, even from the ultra runner who's lost two hundred and thirty, who lost two hundred and thirty pounds and was whatever, whatever. I want to be different from him too. I don't want to get anywhere and freeze. Yeah, that's so being. Immersing myself in nature has just been a huge part of that, that it's almost cathartic and it needs to be because actual, uh, therapy and getting actual help is extremely expensive in this country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, um, or prescribed help, not actual, cause this is actual help meditating and breathing and being that's real. Yeah, absolutely. The it's, um, it's funny because, you know, I, I want to talk more about this sort of uh, 
the light bulb going off over your head of you know with the kayak because the this pedal kayak it it's a means of transportation right of getting you from one place to another and also we talk about transportation you know that like being able to leave yourself or leave your environs you know and um and then also i mean when you were telling me this you know I, you know, I sort of grew up in like the swamps of New Hampshire and the swamps of Canada. The, so um, I remember at like in the winter when it would freeze and suddenly you could skate through the whole forest and it was wild. The, you know, and it was, you know, it was, and it's sort of the, there's a weird thing that happened when, you know, when the ponds froze, then you could just, you could skate out to the middle of the pond. And so this place that was not available to you before the freeze suddenly was. Similarly, right. when, when I got sober and started running in New York, like I rediscovered New York or I or actually, I discovered New York. There were places I'd never been. And I just was like, well, what's over this bridge, you know? And I just sort of ran everywhere and did everything. The And so when you were talking about, you know, sort of discovering the kayak and you were like, wait, Louisiana is mostly water. The, the path, the river is the path, you know, the, you know, to just, um, I don't know that there's, and, and also talking about like being immersed, you know, the it's, uh, my cat is <laughs> being aggressive this morning. The, um, it's one thing to be like running through the forest, you know, but you still feel you're still on the ground. You're still connected mm-hmm. there. The if you're kayaking, you're literally like 360 degrees immersed in the experience. Mm-hmm. You're right there at the water level. Right. And then, <laughs> I, I mean, and I had kind of been drawn to the bayou even as an ultra runner um, because I was, you know, I had plans in the works. I was thinking about pulling the trigger like in 2018 early 2019 i had some some friends in town who also wanted to do it we were it'd be about 110 miles from from where lafouche by lafouche forks lafouche the fork off of the river in Missis, in the mississippi river and it's 110 miles from there to where it empties out into the gulf that's our bayou that's where i'm from i'm from lafouche parish that body goes into the Gulf through my parish. And that, that is just like, you know, so huge. And I was drawn to that because it's like an artery and it rhymes with artery, like coronary artery and plant-based. And maybe it's a message and we depend on pumps down here so much. If we could get them to, if we could get the people here to understand, you know, the, the arteries, the water arteries and the pumps and how much that can you imagine what it how useful it is inside your own body you know maybe there's a a thread we can pull there and so i was playing around with those ideas and it was a big reason for why i was holding on to ultra running it was like that was the thing that i wanted to do even if it was the last thing that i ever did as an ultra runner um and it and it it's not going to happen and i don't want it to happen somebody will do it um and good for them but i'm not interested I, like you, like you were just explaining, and I never thought about it in those terms about being 360 degrees wrapped in my Louisiana. Yeah. Um, that, that, that is, I want to go down the bayou from in the kayak, you know, and make a, do a trip and record it and do maybe even do an entire YouTube channel on it. Um, 
those that's where I've just been drawn to is is even when the even during the ultra running uh, phase, if you want to call it, is that that uh, like that dynamic that you said where you find yourself when you're on foot relearning a place that you've been in your whole life. Yeah. And I know that around Thibodeau, like there's these places that, oh, I didn't know they had a tree house in their backyard. Oh, wow, that is a really cool sidewalk. And I didn't know any of that. And it's like, am I running in a strange town? No, I was born right here. Yeah. You know, but, I, I, but the activity itself makes you find new things to savor. And, and, and the kayaking has done much the same for me just in the swamp versus the urban road areas, you know? Yeah, the it's funny, you know, because um, so I, I just taught last week, so sort of teaching and writing is still very much on my mind. And you know, one of the things that we you know we talk about with writers is that you know, there's not a lot of like new experiences or new emotions out there, but it's the job of a writer to make the reader see an old thing in a new way. The mm-hmm. and and there's no limit on that. That can just keep going forever. The um and. I don't know. I, I still, I mean, I, I just came in from running, so I'm still sort of like all juiced up about it, but I, I really think that it is, um, that running and like venturing out into the world, it is about, um, rediscovering, relearning, remembering, you know, the, there've been, you know, so many places where, man, I went for a run in Saskatchewan and like, you know, that was my first run there in my entire life you know the that that's where my you know that's where my family's from the i've been going back there you know more than ontario where i was born to go back to saskatchewan it's like going back home because that's where all my family lives and the first time i went running there i was like holy shit you know and i went running with one of my aunts for uh the first time and you know she and her husband have been runners my entire life and at one point i looked over at her and i was like auntie like i can't believe that we're running and she was like i know me too i can't believe you're running with us you know the and she was just so like just visibly like tickled from it you know the but it is uh it's it's tricky man because with uh making it competitive tracking your mileage tracking your time tracking your performance the put you know stitching all these goals into it stitching your identity into running it's like you can um, you know, I was, I was talking about this with Laura McCown the other day that I've sort of like commodified my sobriety. It's become a core part of who, you know, my identity. And also I write about it and I make money off of it. You know, I mean, I'm not a, uh, it's not like fucking Amway for, you know, for me where, you know, people have to send me six cents every day I stay sober, but like the, but it's, you know, if I were to, uh, if I were to start drinking again, it would also be a business decision. You know, I would, yeah. I, in some ways I would be like tanking my business and that sucks. That's stupid. The, I want to not drink because I want to not drink. I want that to be the only right. reason, you know, I want to run because I want to run the, exactly. and you know, people are still stunned that I don't track my mileage or the, you know, bring my phone with me or run with headphones or whatever. But I, I do want to have that experience of like, mm-hmm the the Arizona equivalent of being cradled by the bayou, you know, of mm-hmm. just the to be surrounded on all sides by running, you know. And the and the realize like 
as much as I beat myself up lately about, you know, I'm not as, I'm not in good shape. Uh, I mean, for, as far as the ultra runner, it's like, I've only been either really big and fat or identified as, or self-identified as a competitive ultra runner who's on his way. I want to next, I want to break 20 hours in the hundred miler and I want to go to Boston and like, that's the only thing. Right. And, and, uh, I realize now, like a lot of that made me, a lot of that was pretty needed at the time, but toxic, toxic motivations. It feels so much better to just go, you know what? I've done a lot of hard work. I've built a lot of physical athletic capacity. I'm a 44 year old dude. I can go run whenever I want. I want to go run five, 10 miles with my partners. I can, we want to go plan a kayak trip where I'm going to spend the night out in the wilderness and rough it and, I can, I'm not too fat to get in a kayak. I'm not too like there's, I'm not too fat to get in a hammock. Yeah. Like all of these things about my life that are different now. And all I could think about is how they will, how it's worse than it was two years ago as a runner. And the worst quote unquote worst part is, is merely just the lack of, being able to consider yourself competitive. And I don't know how, I don't know how big of a deal that is. I know it's useful for like some jet fuel in the beginning of a trajectory for a burst, but I don't, I don't know. Not everybody's going to be a pro. Not everybody's going to want to be in the cycle of injury and recovery all the time. What, you know, one of the things that I've said about social media is that it's a tool and we use it and if we don't use it, it uses us. And yeah. the, it, it's one of those things like, um, uh, yeah, you know, like alcohol or, you know, mm-hmm. smoking weed or something like that, that you can have a healthy relationship with alcohol. You can have a couple of drinks here and then you can smoke weed every once in a while, you know, the, um, and, and then you use it to relax, to socialize, to, to, you know, sort of have a, a restore, a restorative interruption of your reality. The, right. but, um, but, uh, but those things have power in themselves. So if you're not, the you know it's like the, you're pulling the dog or the dog is pulling you that's it's one or the other you know the, no it's doubt, never dude. it's never you know perfectly balanced the right um, and so there competition has, has absolutely been healthy for me at times but also dude i i have literally seen uh posts of yours you're my you're my dear friend i love you so much i see pictures of you like fucking making a muscle and i'm like man fuck josh and those big guns like i i wish you know the and it's like it's so stupid you you did the work you you know what i mean you built those guns the i could do it too if i cared but the but it just manifests as jealousy and insecurity and fucking undercutting your your best friends, you know, like it's so crazy. Rightfully so. Because if I'm being honest, it it was a low key brag to begin with. Well, you you should brag, dude. That was impressive. (laughs) And, and so, right. I just, the thing is, I, you're right. I, I mean, it does. I'm proud. Um, but the thing is that I, I also, um, I just want to be regular. 
I just want to be regular. I felt like, I feel like looking back at it that I was um, letting almost letting running and social media and my connection to those that world tell me who I was versus me telling running and social media who I am. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like as I get older, I feel more comfortable doing that. Um, mainly because I need that peace in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to be in that vibe. Yeah. I want to be in a more, more, um, more peaceful, enjoy the hard work that I've put in to have a normal 44 year old man's body. Um, and enjoy some camping and hiking and living with, I got little nephews that are running around. We're going to, my mom and I are going to take the golf cart down there to them. My little sister and her, her husband, they put their camper down at uh, Parnishan for the whole summer. So they're going to commute back and forth to work from the camper. And so their kids are just going to be able to live in Parnishan for the whole summer, like having a camp, you know? So we, we, and I want to do stuff like like that. I don't want the whole family to have to come to whatever because I'm doing a 50K or I'm doing a 50 mile. That's beautiful. That was fun. It really was. It taught us. It gave us an appreciation for nature. It taught us. It reminded us about about state parks and national reserves. And, and so now let's keep doing that um, and appreciate the lessons and the, and the physical capacity and just let's do our, our little harmony piece with mother nature vibe. And I don't have to worry about the politics of dealing with people. I, uh, when I was 15, I went to my, my roommates went, went back to my roommate's place in Virginia, uh, for the first time. And he had told this story about like, uh, you know, jumping his car off this steep hill and I was like, yo, when are we going to, when are we going to jump the car? You know, like the, this is a, you know, and he, and he looked at me and he was like, Mishka, that's not something we do. It's something we did, you know, the, and I, t- I totally feel you, man. I remember like, you know, dragging, um, friends and girlfriends and family to like, to races and stuff. And so what we drive four hours and then go to sleep and then I'm running for, eight, 10, 12 hours. And then I can't do anything. And then we drive back. It feels like a lot to ask of other people to, to be there and to hang out and like cheer for me and shit like that. And I actually DNF'd a lot of those races. Cause when I was running, I was like, well, fucking people are waiting for me and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I should just bail at this, you know, at, at this course mark. I don't want to inconvenience people. So I learned to, um, the winter race was emotionally important to me and I wanted to do well to just go by myself. Well, yeah. I, I saw how people who DNF races were talked about behind their back and that never, I never wanted to be that guy. Yeah. And so I, I, I DNF one race right towards the end of like one of my last ultras. And, uh, it, it was devastating to me. And I honestly should have DNF the last one I ran. I ran a 40 miler at the end of 2019. I really should have just bailed on it, mm-hmm. but I went 20 miles beyond where I should have quit, had to power hike it out to finish it. But I really, I'm, uh, I, I fucked myself up. Like there's no yeah. doubt. Uh, and I sacrificed my flesh 
for my pride and my ego and for what my friends might think about me if I quit another race. I I remember being up in Vermont and there was a dude there and he had like all the gear, you know, he had like the new Hoka's and compression socks and the, you know, uh, a $90 pair of shorts and a vest mm-hmm. with pockets and stuff. And he had a hat and to the front of his hat, he had clipped all the toenails that he'd lost. And mm-hmm. I was like, this shit, this, well, I was like, this shit is over for me that like, cause I was just like, man, uh, and I'm going, damn, I should have thought about that. I lost so many toenails. <laughs> I have like a little chandelier well, hanging off. My cause <laughs> I, it was just like the, you don't need any of that shit to run, man. You just need to go out there and do it. Like the, yeah. you know, I, I, I just got out of the shower. I'm in my, you can't see it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll show you after we get off there. I mean, in my underwear and a fucking tank top. I'm not wearing shoes. The, I could go out and run right now. I don't need any of that, any of the fucking gear, you know, the, and also the, to, to have the, tr- the trophies mounted on the front of your hat for the world mm-hmm. to see that's not about you that's not about your relationship with running that's not about your relationship with the trail or the loneliness or the pain or the suffering or the the woods or the sun setting or the animals mm-hmm. you see or any of that stuff that's showboating and mm-hmm. it's and what you're showing off is i can destroy myself and you know what i i did enough of that at the fucking bar and, and even even more than showboating it's it's almost like it's almost like a certain type of almost like genuflecting to the people you know are tougher than you, right? Yeah. It's like I know they're badass, so I'm gonna do this big performative thing to go to be like, yeah, I'm. A, and then you get pat on the back by the dude that you think are tougher than you, and you go, oh yeah. And it's all just a toxic fucking wash of bullshit. Yeah. It's and um. And yeah. on- I'm with you. I don't, I, I don't give a fuck. I don't care about my pace. I want to run with whoever I'm running with. Um, I enjoy running when I'm alone up and down and, and like, uh, you know, pace wise, fast, slow, just chill, stop, take pictures. I'm more interested in historical placards when I see them and like, come on, that's, that's what I'm, that's where I'm at right now. Um, that's where I'm at right now. I, 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 it served its purpose in my life. I'm thankful for all of the memories, but uh, I've learned a lot about growth in the past, say, 10 years of my life. And when the chapter's over, the chapter's over, I've found that the best way to deal with it, you know? Yeah. The um, Dude, that is one of the things that really haunts me about losing Dave is, um, you know, did things go south during the surgery from the damage that he did to himself when he was a morbidly obese cokehead alcoholic, or was that from all the crazy shit that he did? And how many bad waters, how many high altitude? I mean, he Leadville was his thing, yeah. not hundred milers per se, but Leadville specifically. Yeah. I think about it. Yeah. And, and I just won a golden, I got a coin that year, 2019. Um, I wound up getting my name drawn in the, in the little state, in the little gymnasium in Leadville after the marathon. I ran the marathon and uh, got my name pulled and I wound up with a hundred, with a hundred miler coin to be able to enter the 2020 race. Wow. 
That's that's where, and it just feels poignant like that. Okay, that's a good blow up spot from all of those mountain ultra uh, aspirations and stuff. You know, one of the people that I that I grew that grew to be a mentor to me. You know, graduates from the planet. Um, I'm. I just it. I, I just felt like you know, COVID was crushing Leadville. Like Leadville wasn't gonna be able to be a thing. I was in not. I was in no shape. I had to actually email the RD and bow out of a of a lead. Who you know how many people would have killed for a Leadville coin? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so there's bitterness swirled in with pragmatism. There's no doubt, but it just you know there's a certain poignance to death to to Dave's death and and how how it all sort of came to be. And I I feel while I, it does still feel like something I mourn. And there's uh, not Dave specifically. I mourn him obviously, but but my lack of ultra running, um, it is something that I that I mourn but uh it's not something that's that's coming back and the sooner that i get over that the sooner that i work through that and not see it as a negative but see it as just something in the rearview mirror and i'm on to this now um that's 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 the, the the at least that's the tact i'm trying to take that's what i'm without going crazy and hating yourself you know Hey, we're going to jump in here with a quick word of thanks to our corporate sponsor. Oh, what's that? We're, this podcast is not sponsored by Squarespace. Yes, that's right. This is a uh, totally independent, um, no, no Exxon money. Um, oh, Christ. Uh, this is an independent podcast. We don't do second takes on bogus commercials please uh rate review subscribe post your uh your heartwarming compliments on the uh, apple podcast app and spread it. thank you the i i've always operated from this position of uh you know, the glory days are gone, even when I was a kid, you know, and new is worse, but the, that's bullshit. And it, it, it's, you know, not only is it like not always the case, it's, it's rarely the case. And, and I think that, I mean, the other thing is that we can, we can fight it or we can embrace it and change is going to happen either way. You know, mm-hmm. the, when I was, um, when I was 22, the, I mean, there's, there's no uh, graceful way of putting this. I was sick for pussy, right? The, <laughs> it was like I had an affliction, you know? The, mm-hmm. And now I'm 45, and the, like, there are definitely some nights I would just rather lay on the couch and cuddle with my dog, or, like, even if I found myself with a uh, a nice lady, the you know, there are times where I'm like, you know, why don't we just lay here together and, and think about it at the same time? Cause I'm tired. <laughs> like, and that's, and that's cool, man. And the, and that's the thing is, you know, with, uh, with aging, with changing, with transformation in your life, the, 
you can uh, gnash your teeth and pull your hair out and kick and scream. It's going to fucking happen anyway. Or you can be like, this, this is who I am now. Now I, this is what we got. You know, right. uh, now, now I run in the water. You know the that's, exactly that, that's, that's exactly my right. you know the I'm I'm an ultra kayaker now. You know the and while for, I'm here, let me learn about the history of the Cypress industry in Louisiana, the history of the petroleum industry in Louisiana, the history of levees and drainage and all of that. While I'm here, all of this stuff matters in a huge way, not only to me but everybody connected to me. Yeah. Just like heart disease does, just like, you know, just like everything else. So, okay, right. There's still ways to use passion, right? And so I'm still buffering, I'm formulating, but that's what I'm doing real time. And I'm trying to tell social media now who I am versus the other way around, you know? Yeah. The, it's funny, my, so I had an, I have an uncle who was, I can't remember if he was vegetarian or if he was like vegan in the Mm eighties. And that's fucking hardcore, you know the. That is, and that's then, real shit. That is a lot of tofu, bro. Yeah, and, and the uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the and and he's been a runner, you know, um, his whole life. And the and now I think he's on the like the the keto, just eat raw flesh all the time, shit. And uh, but the that's so weird. And, but. Yeah. <laughs> the, um. And, you know, he, you know, he, he always sort of has a new workout that he's doing the, and my cousin was like winding him up one day and, you know, um, he was like, okay, my dad has a new thing. My dad always has a new thing that he's like really into. Uh, and that's true. That's definitely my uncle Claude. Like he, he'll go from one thing that he's super into to the next thing that, that he's super into. And it is worth poking fun at him for that. But also how fucking cool is it to move from one thing you're super into to the next thing that you're super into. What, what we need to get super into is getting super into things. You know, the, I, I was, dude, I was so fucking down on myself because I'm now like a, uh, three to seven mile kind of guy. And and that used to be, like not even worth doing. That wasn't warm up, right? Yeah, the, you used to do four mile warm up before a speed workout, and then a four mile cool down. Yeah, that that was like uh, that was an off day, you know. And um, the I did I did six and a half on Tuesday. I did like four yesterday, and then probably four this morning. I'm tuckered, and the and I was thinking like, oh, dude, I'm a jogger now. It, you know, it, it sucks. Yeah, it's so lame. Know. But I went back and listened to a podcast. I think it was a podcast with Rich. And he was like, oh, so what's the next thing? What's the next thing you're going to do? And I was like, I'm going to develop a a healthy relationship with running where. I remember that. It inspired me. It honestly did. That was a really really? good conversation. (laughs) And dude, I'm here. I did it. And I did it. I did it against my will. And then I got mad at myself for doing it. I set a goal, forgot about it, met the goal, hated myself for getting there. And it's the man, that is a whole like little personality sketch of who I am. Right. In that, in that movement, the, but, um, I, I love it. You know, the, just the relationship that I have with my dog now, through oh, through running and through healthy running she is so fucking strong she's like 
wrestling with her, she's like an anaconda. Like she's just, <laughs> she's all muscle. She'll just sort of wrap herself around me and like twist. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. And uh, it's getting hot now. So the when she gets tired and she's starting to get too hot, she's figured out that the lawns will hold uh, moisture and condensation. So uh-huh. as soon as she sees a lawn, she'll start you know, dragging on the leash to get over to the lawn. And then she just sort of like, like snuffles in the grass for a minute until she finds like a, a good wet spot. And then just, just lays like full on Superman, like just laying in the grass and the, getting as much like wet on her as possible, rolling around. And then, yeah. and then I, I call her and call, and I have to like drag her out of it. And it is wet. So she just skids out of the, it, it, and it fucking rules, dude. It's so cool. It's the, um, you know, I, I feel, perhaps I don't feel a sense of the sublime the way that I, I did um, ultra running when you, you're you hammering it and you, like, come out of the trees and there's the finish line or, like, the you're alone by yourself and there's, like, this big mountain vista or something like that. But the, but also the... The mountain vista now is the love that I have for my dog and the love that she has for me, which is 100% pure. The, and the I'm, love that I'm willing to give to strangers, dog, like yeah. a stranger dog or a stranger cat. Like that, that's what, you know what? It has also not only helped me heal, but it's also freed up funds in my life. Like because we, we go, instead of going to a big massive Colorado trip, maybe we just go right over like what when i texted you a while back we were just right over in mobile alabama yeah and kind of really made a much small much a smaller bite trip we go in there and and we bring our kayaks and we explore up in the up in that river delta which is amazing and and that that is um i feel like it's an even more authentic way to get back out into nature and start instead of staying in a motel room and getting yeah. a good hot shower and a good breakfast so I could go run a hundred miles in the woods as fast as I can. Why not just stay in the woods the whole time, spend the night, you know, yeah. right? Let's, let's maybe try to make it 20 miles to the next spot in the kayak and spend the night again. And no, it's not ultra running, but running and ultra running and all of that has helped a formerly morbidly obese, uh, basically crippled in the back, fat guy achieve a physical capacity, a status that those are options. Those are options. It's every weekend if I want. It's so weird because, you know, I remember when I was running so much and running took up so much of my life. Recovery took up so much of my life. Travel took up so much of my life the and 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 I was sore all the time and the days that I wasn't sore I was like I need to be hitting it harder because I'm not sore and like shit yeah and bro I'm not gonna cut it this ain't gonna cut it I gotta get back up to 80 miles a week I need a good hard 20 miler like I'm I was you know yeah just just to be driving you know the 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 way that like some uh you know some people drive where it's like slamming on the gas slamming on the brake slamming on the gas taking every corner at maximum speed and it's like just 
just chill. Just why don't we just enjoy the drive? Like, look over there. You know the. Um, to be gunning it that hard. And and now the, I don't know, maybe I'm just like rolling into the fucking stepdad phase of my life or whatever. Yeah. But like, you know, we, when like you were talking. Like, oh, sounds like something somebody slow would say. Yeah. When you were talking about the historical placards, I was like, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more, you know. The, <laughs> right. The, but, um, dude, it would be, I can't believe we've gotten this far into the podcast without talking about your cat. Yes. Tell Our, me that's our buddy. Yes. Tell me about your cat. Tell me the whole story. Tell me what happened. The from like because I, I I don't know if ever if everybody's up on this yet. The 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 latest biggest development in your life. <laughs> it's so it's so awesome um, because so you know I've been doing these kayak trips and uh, we haven't really done any overnighters yet. Um, and so we did a, we did Howie, my co-author and I, we did a sick to fit, uh, little retreat. Um, and one of the ladies that was there, she said she camped out all of the way over there instead of staying in hotels. I was like, Oh really? So we got to chatting it up and we hit it off. And she's, she's like, she lives in the panhandle of Florida and I live in, in Louisiana and she did the research because she's the camping expert. She said, oh, here's a great place. We should get together and go on this place called the Bartram Trail. It looks equidistant for both of us and uh, blah, blah, blah. So that's what we did. Um, but they had torrential rains. It was for my grandfather's birthday, actually. Me and Dustin wanted to go get in the woods and be immersed something he would have loved for his, for his birthday. So we get there. And that night, it just starts lightning. My very first night, it just starts storming. Um, and, a, and I'm in a, in a hammock. It's my very first night in a hammock. Um, and I, it's just thunder. I, I love this. Three in the morning. We, have yeah. to, we have to footnote this. The thing you said about uh, hammock weight. You're like, I can get in a yeah. hammock now. The, yeah. That is such an awesome measurement of where you are in your <laughs> right. health, weight loss, fitness journey. That I My kayak to... has a little warning label on it. It says, max weight, 400 pounds. <laughs> and so it's a daily reminder every time I get in that fucking thing. Like, that, you get to ride in this now, dude. That, that's like the, the name of your alter ego, max weight. <laughs> yeah, max weight. <laughs> the... Um, <laughs> So keep going. Tell me the the story. Yeah. So anyhow, we were way up in the in the river delta, and we were going to go spend the night at this the floating campsite that's deep in the swamp. And the rain flooded us out. We had to move further south down the river delta uh, to find another place. And we spent the morning, and it was it wound up like one or two in the afternoon. By the time we had moved campsites and it stopped raining. And we finally got in a kayak at 1.30. We get out in the middle of the Blakely River um, in Mobile as it's dumping out into the northern part of Mobile Bay. And we, my brother, we thought we saw like a, like people put out jug lines. You know what I mean? They just yeah. attach a, a fishing line. If there's a fish on it, it kind of drags, um, drags on the surface and it looks all crazy. My brother thought that's what it was. And then we were like, wait, that's a dog or something. Wait, no, that's a cat. And we finally, got, it had just sunk under, right as my brother got to him. It was like he was giving up. Threw oh, him in the kayak, and he's bleeding from the nose, and has got big cuts all over him. We right by this bridge where Old 90 goes over there. So 
there's a bunch of birds under the bridge. Maybe he was trying to catch a bird and he fell off and he couldn't get back up. Maybe he was swept into the river with float. We have no idea how he got there. Mm-hmm. Immediately, I thought someone had thrown him off. You know, immediately you go negative, like, motherfuckers, I can't believe people, right? Yeah. And I honestly thought the cat was dying, but I thought he was suffering. And I was like, well, let's go bring him to the vet. And at least we'll, as much as it sucks, because my brother had to do this a few weeks ago. They found a cat on a long run that had been hit by a car and they brought it to a vet and they had to euthanize it. Right. Yeah. So we thought that's what we were about to do. We bring the, the cat to the vet and, um, you know, they, they call us back and say, we think he's going to be okay. He's pretty tough. He's, he's not distended at all. I thought his guts were busted open. He's like, he's just a fat boy. He's in good shape. <laughs> this is somebody's cat, you know? And that was just really crazy to me. Uh, and, and, uh, and so we said, well, they're like, well, what are you going to do with this cat? Someone has to be financially responsible for him if we want to, if you want us to treat the cat. We think he will do good with treatment. But if you don't treat him, well, but somebody's got to pay for it. Yeah. So me and my brother talked about it and, we, and was like, the hell with it. You know what? We didn't even talk about it, actually. My brother immediately <laughs> was like, I'll pay for it. I'll be responsible. And then I said, I'll split it with you. And the lady that was camping with us when we got back to the campground, she's like, let's split it in thirds, please. And so immediately, you know, it's like you have this decision to spend $1,200 on a cat that you just found in the river. And now you got to rearrange your life. You don't have to, but it's now it's like, okay, well, he's going to survive. Well, shit, we need to go get a a kennel and we need to get food and we need to get cat litter and we need to get him fixed. Like, like, and so, and we find out that he's this special breed called a bobtail that I never heard of. That's a really cool. Um, that's a really cool breed of cat that really behaves more like a golden. They call him the golden retriever of cats or whatever. Oh, wow. And so it's just this really crazy really crazy thing he came home he's back in louisiana uh with us he's living with my brother my brother's got like a 13 year old uh boxer and him and the cat just post up together and chill and like he's like whoof i made it that was a rough day but these guys got me appreciate you thanks for that one and he's like he's gotta be on his 11th 12th life bro like he got some bonus lives from somewhere from somewhere Thing. Yeah, no, I mean, when you sent me that that picture, dude, I mean, he looked fucking chewed up. He looked like he'd taken a header into the ass, you know, the asphalt. The he, I, he was, was so just fat that up. I, I thought it was a pregnant female that someone had thrown off the bridge. That's what I thought we uh-huh. had on our hands, but that wasn't what it was at all. Um, and they, the the veterinarian, the med vet in um, Mobile, said they think that. It was just the river flooding. The cat probably went step somewhere where it's usually not. It's usually water they can stand in, and they got mm-hmm. swept away, and uh, or they got swept into some surface drainage and got all cut up and got spit out into the river. There's multiple ways that it could have happened, but uh, you know he's family now, and we named it. And they were like, they looked at us like, well, what's his name going to be if y'all going to adopt him? 
and and I immediately was like Hobie, and because uh, of the kayaks, right? And so we named him Hobie, and you know that's the warm and fuzzy of it. Uh, we, I mean, he rode home with us, and it was really cool. It was like the universe, you know, forced us to that specific spot because that even where we were planning to be, right? And for this baby, for this little dude, he was going to need us. We didn't know that. We didn't know he was going to need us. But whatever force in the universe knew to intersect our paths at that moment in time. And that heavy, 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 huge fact isn't lost on me. Um, that, that I almost feel, well, I almost feel that my brother was chosen to prove to him how worthy he is, you know? And because yep. he immediately did the right thing and didn't care what it cost, you know? And I'm just super proud of him. I thought we had a dead cat on our hands and I was kind of freaking out and being dramatic, if I'm being honest. And Dustin was like, I don't give a shit if I gotta sell my truck. I don't even know this cat, but we go. This cat is gonna be taken care of, and I just kind of fell in line with his lead. If I'm being real, you know. Let me offer you a rebuttal on that. The because I was thinking about this with what you said about all the shit that was going on in the beginning of 2020 of like your back melting down and Leadville and losing Dave. And the, you know, it felt like the universe was pointing you in, in a specific direction or that these, it was a sort of a, like this crisis with three prongs that was happening at the same time, you know, and you talk about the, you know, the universe leading you to this cat, the, um, human beings are the ones, oh shit, Josh, I think I just lost you. There he is. The um, was what I was uh, what I was saying is um, human beings are the ones who draw patterns. Human beings are the we we see two dots with a little line underneath it, and we we're like, that's a face. The in twenty twenty, it wasn't the universe that supplied the pattern there; it was you. It, you were seeing your back melting down, the Leadville situation, losing Dave, and your your intellect, your heart, your experience, your judgment led you to to make a decision to move into something else, to find a different way um, to redefine your relationship with running, to look into other things. The... Um, the universe didn't lead you to this cat. You made this decision as a sentient being to adventure out into the world. Um, in, in this kayak, your new, you know, the, um, what is it? The X machina, the, the vehicle supplied by God, you know, to, to, to bring you this transportation to connect with other people, to, to find a new sort of mental health in the wilderness and the when you got to this cat, it wasn't the universe 
that pushed you to make the decision to help him. It was you and your fucking brother. You guys did it. It don't yeah. get don't give credit away to anyone else. I the you know you are the universe. The and it and it came and it happened because you're a great fucking dude and you you have too much love in you the you know and i don't know your brother but i imagine he probably has a little bit of that too yeah, absolutely the, absolutely and it was just at a really good it was at a, just a really good time it was it was just a yeah it had it was turning up it was a rough trip it wasn't the trip we had planned we had it was so many bad things and then boy Kobe came along just wow yeah completely different completely different outlook on everything even though we quadrupled our foster trip you know what I mean yeah but who cares like it was the right thing you know I mean you don't ever want to be a person that would rather trade money for you know you know, the right thing or love. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know that I have a crazy relationship with my cat, the, and, um, I adore her. She's been such a gift in my life. And, uh, my, we have a new tenant who lives in the house in the back and she, she loves, um, she loves the dog, but she really loves the cat. The, and she just like bathes them and treats every day. And yesterday I came in from my run and I like sat down and I watched my cat go over to the other house and start crying outside the door for Nicole to come out and feed her. And I was like, you fucking bitch, you fuck, you fucking heartbreaker, all that I've done for you. And this is how like the, you know, but it's the, that's the great thing about animals, you know, is that it's not a zero sum game. You know, uh, animals can love every single person unconditionally and they still you know seem to have more you know the yeah. I, I went over to eat at, at my mom's house down the street with my dog you know the she couldn't fucking wait to get there and couldn't wait to hang out with my mom couldn't wait to hang out with my sister and then when it was time to go she couldn't wait to get home you know the just you know she was she, she you know what's the next thing i'm really into it you know the you've ever seen the meme with the dog and the person walking together and in the thought bubble, the person's got all kind of bullshit going on. But in the dog's thought bubble, all it's just a facsimile of the horizon they're looking at together. You know, we got to get there, man. Yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get to that the dog brain parts, or we gotta get to uh, hammock weight. The nature part. That's the nat. I think that's the animal side of us. I think we're talking about getting into something in a, in a direction that Howard has stirred me steered me over the years is getting into your body so many of us stay in our head just like that meme i talked about the difference between us is that dog is fully in his body fully appreciating the present moment and the human is all in his head the whole body component of his being is on automatic and he's living his whole life in his head of worry and and whatever you can do to force yourself to drop into your body and deal with it, yeah. whether it's a, you know running or kayaking or 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 or, or DMT or ayahuasca or whatever you have to do to force yourself out of your rut, your neurological rut into your body. Yeah. 
we we got to get to uh to hammock weight and dog brain those are the those are the new the new goals that's the new thing to be really into hammock weight dog brain sounds like a book uh Josh, where where can people find you? What's the new thing you're working on? The dude, we got I I got I'm buying a fucking kayak and I'm gonna come out there and we're gonna do this thing. I, since I was a little kid and I read Huck Finn, I was like, oh my god, they have a raft on the river. That sounds amazing. The we used to do big canoe trips up in Ontario and you know the like portage where you carry the canoe with all your gear and shit. That I'm fucking coming out there. We're gonna do, just come We gotta do this. The um and you got to do a, a like a YouTube uh, kayak channel. That sounds amazing. I want to do something like this. I want to be like uh, show how the plastic gets out into the into the into the ocean. Yeah, it's not malice. It's not us going ha fuck the ocean. Here's a bottle to show how easily it gets from right here in Chag Bay out into the ocean. I want to follow these waterways out into where we we have ultimately trained and make a series of YouTube videos. I've been loving making videos on my kayak. It's so much easier to do in a kayak versus running because running is so much jumping and stuff. And you got to yep. set up your camera head, run by your camera. It's so much more fluid um, with the pedal kayaks where my hands are free and I can go, oh, look, a woodpecker, great blue heron. And uh, Roseanne Spoonbill and people enjoy it. And I don't care if it ever does anything like monetize wise. If people enjoy it. I'm able to share the beauty of my state that doesn't require dollars to um, appreciate. You don't have to go rent, a, you know, an airboat, sit on an airboat, go see alligators and chicken on the stick. Yeah. There's more authentic ways and cheap ways. Um, to appreciate what we have right in front of us. And that's, that's just my new vibe. And I love it. Ida really, really pressed to me um, how precarious of a, of a homeland I'm from. Um, yeah. And there's not a whole lot that I'm going to actually do about that outcome. Um, I think it's inevitable up to a certain area in the state. Um, but but uh, what I can do about the present moment is be more like that dog. Rather than worry about the intruding gulf and impending hurricanes, I can just go, call. look at that eager. How pretty. Yeah. And that's, that feels better to me. Takes so much work to shut your your to shut your damn brain off and just the uh, just see the thing, feel the thing, experience the thing. But um, totally worth it. The it takes a good tired body. That'll yeah, yeah. Being being exhausted definitely helps. Um, I got to run to uh, PT to keep these old uh, childbearing hips of mine. Uh, I, I I've been getting uh, dry needled to keep running, which it's funny it fits in perfectly with my personality. I, the, my, my, my physical therapist is this like beautiful woman who like leans over me and talks to me and then just puts me through incredible pain. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is like all of my experience. You know, the, I don't want, I don't want to be a, like a certain kind of way or anything, but I've found that whether it's whatever type of physical therapy, I found, uh, female practitioners to be really, really, 
the best. Like they're really, really good. They, I feel like I feel more nurtured and understood and cared for. It, it's just, just my, and I've been through a million uh, chiropractors and physical therapists, and, you know, massage therapists or whatever. Women are actually some of the best sharpshooters too. Because when they learn to shoot, they don't go in like a fucking gangster or a cowboy, like blah yeah. blah blah. They they just we would call that a bjork down here. That's a bjork. A bjork would do something stupid like that. The is go press in the clutch and go. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. That's a yeah. The um. They you know they they just listen to the directions and follow directions and just what's the correct way to do it and just do it without any, you know, without, without the fucking cowboy boots. <laughs> the, um, Josh, where, uh, where can people find you? Uh, man, just the usual, bro. Just fi- come find me on Instagram. And, uh, I have a, I have my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Josh Lajani. And, um, and that's about it. I'm not really doing races. Uh, there's, you know, multiple, multiple, uh, there's just a whole sort of constellation of reasons why. Um, but I'm just, I'm not really interested in doing a whole bunch of races unless they really speak to me. Um, and, uh, I'm doing mostly just running on my own with one or two friends and, uh, and spending as much time in the bodies and swamps of my, uh, hometown and surrounding areas as much as I can. I'm riding and scouting and looking for new places to launch the kayak and looking on Google Earth. It's like a whole new world has opened up for me. I'm like, oh shit, okay, yeah. I don't mind going to sit in my kayak for five hours and because it's going to take that long. Like Most people would be freaked out by that, but you know, when you run 20-something hours straight, like that seems like small potatoes. So I just, I really, that, that's, that's just a uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm making nature videos as much as I can and trying to show people the prettiest parts of my Louisiana and um, try and share history here and there uh, as much as I can about things that I learn about uh, immersing myself in this place that I'm from. Yeah. Less less performing and more living. I, I, yeah, I'm on the same tip, man. Yeah. The, Josh, I, I love you so much, brother. Thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, man, let's catch back up soon. Right on. I'll talk to you soon. All right, Holmes. Mr. Shabali is catching up with friends who are arguably more talented than him. Well, hi. Hello there. Um, My name is Cheeto. I am an adorable little uh, three-legged puppy, and as you all know, uh, little adorable little three-legged orphan puppies all care about quality podcasts. And uh, I want you all to know that I subscribe to the uh, the Patreon for the Mishka Shivali podcast, and you should too. It's the only thing I like more than kibble. Nom nom. Um, so please head on over to uh, patreon.com slash Mishka Shabali, sign up. There's all kinds of good uh, crap there. There's uh, writing advice and tips. There's published, unpublished stories. There's a bunch of demos, um, a bunch of sort of loose dispatches from my life. I mean, his life. 
and uh, I don't know, just really good stuff that uh, adorable uh, three-legged orphan puppies named Cheeto really love, and you will too. So uh, patreon.com slash Mishka Shibali. All the proceeds will go to uh, puppy food for orphans or other things. Okay, thank you.